this morning we're going to continue in our discourse on developing life skills for marketplace relevance and dominance i want to believe it's been helpful has it been helpful all right so we're going um deeper this morning our scripture still remains first samuel chapter 16 i will be reading verse 16 to verse 18 first samuel chapter 16 we'll be reading verse 16 to verse 18 first samuel chapter 16 and we'll be reading verse 16 to verse 18 the bible says let our master this is one of the servants like we already know the background story of saul right giving him a counsel and it says let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp he says and it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit is upon you and you shall be well so Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well, not just a man that can play. He says, and bring him to me. Then one of the servants answered and said, look, I have seen a man of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him the lord bless reading of his words in jesus name so one of the things i want us to pay attention to here is what this man said he said i have found or better still i have seen a son of jc it simply means there is always a search and people are always on the lookout for skill so as individuals as believers in the marketplace we must consistently focus on our level of skillfulness because the marketplace is not sentimental to your belief. It's not sentimental to your convictions. It's not even sentimental to your faith. And so that simply means that whatever it is that we're doing in the marketplace, we must strive towards being the best at it. Especially as stewards in the house of God. We must ensure that whatever it is we're doing, that's what the Bible says, whatsoever your hand finds to do, it says do it well. And one of the world is talking about is that you should do it excellently. Do it with so much skill. So that there will be no need for correction. Like I've told us a couple of times, excellence is improving on yesterday's performance. It is you looking at what you have done and asking yourself, how can I improve on what I have done? If what you did yesterday still looks big to you today, it simply means you have not done much today. It's as simple as that. And so we have established the fact that there are two marketplace convictions we must have we talked about the fact that the marketplace dominance is god's desire and expectation for every believer we must have that conviction that god wants you and i to be relevant in the marketplace not just to play in the marketplace you see but to have relevance in the marketplace and the second conviction i already established that we need to have is that marketplace dominance is the unconscious expectation of the world for the believer so whether you are aware of it or not, people are expecting the best from you. Especially the moment you are identified as a believer in the marketplace. You see, that's why sometimes when you do things in an ineffective way, I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone before, people sometimes ask you, and you call yourself a Christian. Has it happened before? What are they trying to say? Because if you are a Christian, it simply means you should not produce at this level, you should produce better. So it's an unconscious expectation. Even though it is not written anywhere, even though sometimes it is not spoken, but by people's body language, by people's reaction. 
Unfortunately, you know, even some preachers in the world of business today, people are even scared. Before, when they say, oh, someone is a Christian or someone is from a denomination and people want to do business, they say, oh, their mind is at rest. But today, there are even pastors who swindle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that shouldn't be. Because the Bible says the next expectation of creation waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. So we said the first key we need to master and develop is deep spirituality. Deep spirituality. And we spent time talking about that. This morning, the Holy Spirit impressed two thoughts on my heart as we go further in our discourse that I want to, you know, share with us. He said, we need to pay attention to the fact that, and I want to write this down, your worth and value in life will be determined by your level of success in the marketplace. Your worth and value in life, not to God now, but in life, will be determined by your level of success in the marketplace. Your worth and your value in life will be determined by your level of success in the marketplace. So, sometimes as believers, we are offended when confronted with feedbacks in the marketplace. And you see, I think I mentioned this at the midweek church on Wednesday. Sometimes, when certain things happen and you are not being treated maybe the way you expect to be treated in the marketplace. Or maybe you find yourself in an environment and you expected maybe a better treatment and you were not that treated as you expected. Don't get offended. It's a feedback. Because there are certain people that will also be in that same environment, same circumstance, and they will not be treated that way. Why? Because life considers them to be more valuable. I hear what I'm saying. For instance, if someone shows up here now, you know there are certain personalities, if you say you are hungry, everybody says, ah, sorry, what are you now going to eat? But there are, you know there are certain personalities that they say I'm hungry. Everybody will run up and down to make sure they, don't, they are not hungry. I hear what I'm saying. Let's give an example now, which everybody recognizes. Imagine Pastor Adebay walks into this place and says, ah, I'm hungry. You say, ah, yeah, Baba, go and look for something to eat. Is that what you say? No. Except you are not well trained. Except there is no spiritual home training and there is no home, normal home training. Because by his level of success, right, in quotes, in the marketplace, you see, that level of success cannot allow him to be hungry. You are aware and he still remains hungry. So you and I must understand that your worth never get that twisted. Don't be offended that feedbacks do something about it. Am I making sense? So even the level of sales, sometimes you go to the marketplace, you want to sell something, people bypass you, right, and they buy someone else's product. Don't be offended. Find out. Because let me tell you, the success breeds success. You see, the Bible says that God created everything and put his seed in it so that everything will reproduce after his kind. The more successful you are, the more success gives back to success. And the more you refuse to be successful at whatever it is you're doing, right? If you are failing at something, there is a likelihood failure. We also keep giving back to failure. Because everything reproduces after its kind. It's a biblical law. And it's a law of the universe. Everything. That's why as a believer, you must, you can't afford to be lethargic about being successful in life. You can't just afford it. You can't afford to have the mindset of, hey, it will happen when it will happen. No, it may never happen if you have that mindset. Because everything will reproduce after its kind. Everything. 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 The second thing you need to be aware of is this. 
In order to be fruitful, you must be skillful. In order to be what? Fruitful, you must be skillful. In order to be fruitful, you must be skillful. And one of the blessings of God upon mankind in Genesis chapter 1 is that God said that man should be fruitful. <laughs> but let me tell you this. If you are not skillful, you can never be fruitful. Never. You won't be financially fruitful. You won't be fruitful in the marketplace if you are not skillful. So the second skill we said we need to develop in life and the marketplace, if you're going to experience relevance and dominance, is selling. Selling. Somebody says selling. In 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1 to 7, we see that we read that last week Sunday. In the last verse, the Bible, we all know the story, or let me just paraphrase for those of us that may not know the story, because sometimes as pastors, you just assume everybody knows these things, right? So this particular woman, the Bible says, you know, was the wife of a prophet. The prophet had died, left her and the sons in debt. So eventually she went to her pastor, who I assume is Elisha. And Elisha gave her an instruction. The miraculous happened. The oil was multiplied, which was what she had. That's why you need to understand that to go to your next level, God will always use what you already have. See, let me tell you this. The key to your breakthrough is not in what somebody else has. It is in what you have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you don't have certain ability, it cannot be the key to your next breakthrough. No, 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 no. God is that faithful and kind. That what you need to advance in life will never be in someone else's hand. It is in what is in your hand. That's why Elisha asked the woman, what do you have in your house? He didn't ask, what does your neighbor have? Because what the neighbor has does not matter. It can only be an addition, but it cannot be the key to your transformation. So eventually, Elisha asked her the question she answered. The oil was multiplied. There was a miraculous. Eventually, the Bible says she went back to Elisha. And Elisha told her, now this is what you're going to do. Go and sell the oil and live on the rest. Pay your debt and live on the rest you and your children. Now, Elisha could have given her another prophetic instruction, you know, something spectacular and miraculous. But the Bible says that the prophet, now we all know Elisha was not a fake prophet. <laughs> he a real prophet of God said, go and sell. Go and sell, not go and pray. A lot of believers pray about their business, but they are not selling. They pray in the marketplace for jobs, but they don't apply for any job. Will they bring letter of appointment to your house? We pray about so many things that we don't take responsibilities for. So you and I need to understand that it is our responsibility as believers to sell in the marketplace. That's why in Proverbs 11 and verse 26, the Bible says the people will cause him that withhold grain, but blessing will be on the head of him that sells it. Proverbs 11 and verse 26. It says blessing will be on the head of him that sells it. And like I already said, that there are certain levels and dimensions of God's blessing that you will never express as a believer if you are not selling anything. Go and check it. The world's richest, the world's most influential are people who are selling something. Most times when people pray for provision, pray for resources. Ah, you know, there was a time years ago, the, the trending thing was wealth transfer. And the average person, when believer, when they were praying about wealth transfer, and I think I already corrected that mindset during Breakthrough Festival. Because when people are thinking of wealth transfer, they are thinking of one believer that is, not rich, that is very rich. So when they are praying, God, wealth transfer, they are thinking, ah, the money of that man, God will transfer it to me. No. Every time you see wealth transfer happen in the Bible, it was when people had already labored, done their part, but they were cheated out of their inheritance. 
And years later, God now transferred what rightfully belonged to them. If you have not worked for something, nothing is going to be transferred to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The transfer of what that happened from Egypt, right, to Israel, when the children of Israel left slavery, was a byproduct of the labor their ancestors had engaged in. And they were not paid anything for over 400 years. And so God's justice system required that they could never have left Egypt empty-handed. So when you're thinking of wealth transfer, thinking of, you see, the best way to transfer wealth is through selling. Because what happens in selling? What is in somebody's hand as money is given to you in exchange for something you are offering. So when you are saying wealth transfer, you better go and look for something to sell. And stop buying the wealth. Some people even go as far as they check Forbes list. Ah, the first five people, they are all believers. God will transfer. You may die praying that prayer without seeing anything happen. You want to see what transfer? The easiest way is to look for something to sell. And whether you like it or not, you are already selling. The only difference is learning how to do it consciously and mastering it. Because everybody is selling. Everybody is already selling. Whether you are aware of it or not, you are already selling. You see? And I established the fact that in sales, you are either meeting a need or you are doing what? Satisfying a greed. You are either meeting needs or satisfying greed. I said selling is all about making yourself believable. It's all about persuading people to see from your point of view. It's about anticipating people's need and meeting that need, right? Before people are even aware that they have that need. And we also said that selling is improving people's life by solving their problems. And also, it is making people trust you. We don't, we don't have trusted you otherwise. So what are the five critical questions that culminate in successful selling? So I was going to start from there today. The five critical questions that culminate in successful selling. Number one, when you want to sell anything, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, the first question you need to ask yourself is, who am I selling to? Who am I selling to? Whether you're a career person looking for a job, right, or you're a business person selling a product or a service, the first question you need to ask yourself is, who am I selling to? Who am I selling to? Most people don't clarify this. Or you know what the problem of the average person is? They want to sell to everybody. That's why they actually don't sell much. You cannot sell to everybody. I hear what I'm saying. Nobody is sent to everybody. Nobody. No matter how effective you are, no matter... <laughs> no one human being, no one business can cater to everybody's need. Never. That's why you see that in every community, uh, there are different grocery shops. Uh, and everybody is selling their markets. You prefer to go to certain places. Haven't you noticed that sometimes there are certain things you need that they are selling next door to you. Yet, you go five blocks away from you and you still buy it. Because you can't sell to everybody. That's instructive. So you need to always ask yourself, who am I selling to? And this question deals with the fact that, you know, you must identify the age bracket of those you want to sell to. The age bracket, the kind of jobs, the income level. Are they salary earners or business owners? You need to clarify this. Who am I selling to? What's their age bracket? What do they do? What's their income level? Are they salary earners? Am I selling to men or am I selling to women? You can niche it down to also asking, am I selling to married men or married women? Am I selling to teenagers, right? Or am I, for instance, if someone is a lace merchant, 
and you keep trying to sell to teenagers, you will wear your own lace. Because most likely, teenagers are only thinking of ripped jeans, sneakers. They may buy lace maybe once in a year. Ah, or maybe one of their friends is getting married. And most likely, a teenager will not have someone in their circle of influence getting married. In fact, if they have a lace, most likely their parents force them to wear it. And some of you now, we are forcing you to wear it. Because we are telling you, you have outgrown that face of your life of wearing only jeans and top. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So there are certain things that what you want to sell. For instance, Mr. Biomi does interior. Free advice. So pick me after sir. <laughs> you can't be doing advert, um, advert once I'm now talking to university students about interior. What do they want to interior? Their bunk or their dorm room. So most times when people want to sell stuff, they don't identify who am I selling to. They are doing what I call a shotgun approach. You know, with a shotgun, the Yoruba name is Shakabula. <laughs> you just shoot. Is anything that he meets. You must have a sniper's approach so that you identify your target and you go for that target instead of trying to meet every target. You know, the problem is most times people think, ah, hey, but the target is not plenty. See, it may not be plenty, but it's predictable. I hear what I'm saying. That's why you see a lot of people exerting so much strength, exerting so much energy in the marketplace, and they have little or nothing to show for it. Why? Because they have not identified who they are selling to. Another way to identify who you are selling to is to ask. The people after identify is it men, is it women, you know, old people, young people, whatever. You now need to also ask what face of life are these people? Because men are in faces and in sizes. Find out what face of life are these people I'm selling to? What face of life? For instance, a married woman that is already in the face of life where the children are getting married. There are certain things you can sell to that person. Unlike someone whose children are still in primary school. Uh, or someone who is just giving birth. That kind of person is pampas. That is in their head. Not event of a wedding. Because the journey is still very far. Second question you need to ask. Where are the people I'm selling to? Where? Where are the people I'm selling to? That's why you notice that there are car shops everywhere in Lagos. But the kind of cars you see in certain car shops are different. Haven't you noticed? So there are certain cars you will not see in certain places on the mainland. And there are certain cars if you are looking for it, you may not see it on the island. You can't look, get to a car shop in Banana Island now, Lekki, and see Gulf 3. I hear what I'm saying? I'm seeing the sign Micra. Or Toyota Starlet. <laughs> you won't just see it there. So you must find out the people I want to sell. After I identify who you are selling to, where are they? Where are they domiciled? out? Now, does that mean that there are people that living on the mainland that can't afford certain cars? They are. Or they are. But you need to find out where are they clustered? So people I want to sell to, where are they clustered? And it could be virtual and physical. So where are the people? Where do they live? Where do they walk? Where do they recreate? Those are questions you need to ask yourself. Where do they live? The people you want to sell to, where do they live? Where do they walk? And where do they recreate? That is, where do they relax? You can't be selling adult products and be advertising at amusement park. You will amuse yourself. Number three question you need to ask, when is the best time to sell to the people I'm selling to? When? When is the best time? 
when. Because timing matters in selling. You see, at the beginning of the month, right? Or later in the month. That's why you notice that there are times of the day, if you drive on Todd Mayland Bridge, you will see a lot of sales going on. Haven't you noticed? Very early in the morning and late in the night. You will not see those guys on Todd Mayland Bridge during the day. Around 12 p.m., 1 p.m., 3 p.m., you won't see them there. But very early in the morning, by 6.30 a.m., where there will be lots of traffic, they have mastered their timing. It's amazing what street sellers know that people that went to business schools don't know. It's amazing. And it's because oftentimes we are blinded. See, if you are selling to people that are salary earners, the best time to push your market in their face is last week of the month. Because they will collect salary. If you are selling to an average salary in a second, third week of the month, most likely they have spent all the money. They are even in debt. They are just waiting for payments next week. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So that's wisdom for some of us. When is the best time? When it, that's why when you look at most career people, the most they are spending is usually highest first and last week of the month. Am I right? How many career people are here? Am I right? That's when you spend the most. For the average person. In fact, most of their planning and budgeting is around that time. <laughs> so you must know the time. Identify the time. Number four question you need to ask is, what is the most effective medium in selling to the people I'm selling to? What is the most effective medium? What is the most effective medium? Imagine trying to sell something to this generation and you take a full, you know, newspaper advert. If I spread this middle spread in this day, and the person you want to sell to is a secondary school student, would they ever see it? Never. Even some of us that have left secondary school many years ago, if we ask you the last time you saw a newspaper or opened one, I'm not sure you have opened one this year. But do you still know that there are certain people that if you want to sell to, it is newspaper till now? It's a newspaper. So you must identify who you are selling to and what is the best medium of reaching them. Is it social media? Is it TV? Some people still watch TV. Even though some people say, I don't watch TV. A lot of people still watch TV. Why is NTA still in business? If there are not people watching it. Hmm. Paramount FM. Hmm. Why are all those FM still in operation? Some people are listening to them. So you need to identify is the best medium radio? Is it TV? Is it newspaper? Is it social media? I know social media too now is even classified according to age bracket. So there are people that if you want to sell to, it is TikTok, not Facebook. Or else you will face the books. <laughs> you see that the account is not balancing. Praise the Lord. And the last question you need to ask is in what way or ways do the people I'm selling to prefer things sold to them? In what way? In what way? <laughs> you can sell the same wristwatch, but sell it in different ways, and that will determine how much you're able to charge for it. A wristwatch in cellophane nylon may work better than a wristwatch in a box. That's why packaging matters. In the world of selling, packaging what? It matters a lot. 
The packaging may not be worth that much, but it increases the value of what you are selling. So as a person selling stuff, maybe a product, one of the things you need to work on is how you present that product. The same product, right? Maybe the packaging will even cost you 1,000 naira extra. It can make you sell that same product 10,000 naira extra. I'm saying, ah, I will not spend extra 1,000. You, you, you don't know what you're doing. That extra packaging can even make you skyrocket the price by 50,000. Unfortunately, when you buy something, what's the first thing you throw away? It's the packaging. But let me tell you this, the packaging adds value. So you need to ask yourself, the people, and see, there are people who appreciate packaging and some people who don't appreciate packaging. But let me tell you this, the people that really have the resources to pay for what you want to sell and the kind of money I trust God for you that you want to make, they will value packaging. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Food is food everywhere. We all know, right? The purpose of food is to keep you alive, to sustain you, to satisfy you, Right? But do you know the way food is sold in places are different? The way food is sold in a co-hotel is not the same way food is sold in Yakoyo. It's from the name, Yakoyo. <laughs> that is, branch and be full. <laughs> That's the meaning of Yakoyo. So if you go to a co-hotel, you may eat and not be satisfied. In fact, you may live and be more hungry. <laughs> I hear what I'm saying. But at least some things would have happened. Maybe we went there to network. It's part of the packaging. So you need to find out. Ask yourself. So you are selling food. How you will sell food on the Sherry Road? It's not how you will sell it in Admiralty Way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So always ask yourself those five questions. If you have a product, you're offering a service and it's not selling, ask these five questions. It will resolve that problem. I can assure you that. So what are the 12 things you need to sell to be relevant in the marketplace? I hope I'll be able to finish this this morning. The 12 things you need to sell. The 12 things you need to sell to be relevant in the marketplace. Number one is your passion. Most times what people start with is they start with product and service. That's the least or that's the last the first thing is you need to identify your passion. What do you love and what can't you do without? When you're selling, we should see you exuding love for what you are offering to us. You know the reason why some people are, they don't make sales? Remember we said that selling is all about persuading people. We can say that even you yourself, they are not persuaded about what you are selling. You don't even like it. You are only concerned about paying your bill. And let me tell you, these people can see through you. Sell your passion. Don't be selling things because you want to keep body and soul together. It's one of the greatest disadvantages you can do to yourself. Every time you're trying to sell something, we can literally see it. We can see it if you love what you're doing, what you're offering, and if you don't. Never forget that every human being is a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Whether unsafe spirits or safe spirits, every human being is a spirit. And spirits can detect the intentions of spirits. Never forget that. So the first thing you must sell is your passion. Your passion. When someone is passionate about something, you can see it. You may not be able to explain it. You may not be able to describe it, but you can see, ah, this person is. You are in a line of business. They have to be reminding you to be posting. You are not passionate. I want to make it very practical this morning. That's why you said I'm just mentioning points. You are not passionate. You are selling something. We can't see it on you. You are not passionate. 
Like the illustration I gave last week, someone is walking in Honda and is driving Toyota. And I say, buy this Honda. It's a fantastic Honda. Will you believe that person? If you believe so much in Honda, why are you not driving it? So sell your passion. Sell your passion. Number two is sell your vision. What are you seeing? And how will buying your product and service make me experience the future you are seeing that others can't see yet? You see, when people hear vision, vision, they are like, ah, maybe somebody wants to take over the world. See, vision is very simple. It is what you see that others can't see yet. It's as simple as that. I hear what I'm saying. That's why Daniel said, I alone saw the vision. The people that were with me did not see the vision. So it's as simple as that. Vision is seeing what others can't see yet. They may see it later. So you know what happens in selling is you must make people see now what you're already seeing concerning the future. And the future is not some distant day or date. The future is any moment you have not experienced before in bodily form. So five minutes from now, so when people buy your product and service, what will happen to them in the next one year, in the next six months? Sell that vision to them. Sell that vision. Most likely the reason why you are so persuaded about that product or that service is because of what you already see that it can do to them. So maybe, for instance, you are in fashion. You know, one of the things that affects people less the most is their appearance. If you are not looking good, you know, and it affects your esteem. Yes or yes? Let anybody lie to you. No, 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 no. It does not matter. It matters. Don't deceive yourself. So you are into fashion. Sell that vision to the person you want to sell their clothes to. The, ah, <laughs> maybe the person wants to go for a party. Ah. Don't you know that when you wear this clothes, by the time you arrive at the party, you will be head stunned. People will just be looking at you. Before you know it, the person is already picturing themselves at that party. It's easier to buy when they're already seeing themselves wearing the clothes. Now, when you are saying they are not even seeing themselves in the clothes, no party, nothing. Sell your vision. Sell your vision. Sell your vision. Someone is trying to sell mattress. Sell the vision of what it will look like sleeping on that mattress. I hear what I'm saying. Sell it. Number three thing you must sell is your value and convictions. Your values and convictions. What is driving your action? What's driving their sales? What do you unpersuadably believe about your product, about your service? Because you should know what you are selling more than any other person. You should know it more than any other person. And those are the things you tell us in the place. Of, you see, it's amazing that most of them want to sell. They're just talking about the features. So someone wants to sell this lectern now. See, he's a lectern. No, he's a rod. Haven't you seen some real estate agents? They want to show you a house. They say, this is a bathroom. This is a bedroom. No, I thought it was a cage. Say, this is the sitting room. <laughs> this is the door, the front door. No, it's back door. That's not selling. I hear what I'm saying. Because we can already see what you are showing. So what's the value? What's the conviction? What is that thing you believe? So for instance, for me to have the confidence to put... My MacBook on this thing, there is a belief that the MacBook can for. If I believe that it can't support the weight, I would rather carry it in my hand or not even use it at all. I hear what I'm saying. So what do you believe? You must get others to believe that same thing you believe. The moment they believe it, getting their money out to pay for it will not be a problem. The next thing you need to sell is your destination. Your destination. 
Where are you going? Where are you taking us with this product and service? Where? Where are you taking us as an organization? Your staff member must know where you are taking the people, your customers. Because if they don't know themselves, they can't sell it to the customer. I hear what I'm saying? So sell your destination. Sell your destination. When we buy this product, when we buy this service, where will we end up? How will our lives be better? Who shall we become? Is that things you sell? Number five is your past victories. Your past victories. Your past victories. So as a career person looking for a job, planning to change a job, or as a business person trying to sell a product or a service, one of the things you must sell is your past victory. When they brought David before Saul, what did he sell? His past victory. He told him, I killed a lion and I killed a bear. That was why Saul, you see, Saul was not a stupid man. He was a king. And Goliath already gave them an offer. Whoever wins will be the ruler. So if we win, you will be our servants. If you win, we'll be your servants. So Saul already knew what he was getting himself into. Saul must have asked himself, ah, me, have I killed lion before? No. Any of my generals, have they done it before? No. Have I killed bear before? No. Has any of my generals done it before? No. This guy said he has done it. And there's confirmation. Take your chances. We would rather take our chances of someone that has experienced victory in an impossible area than someone that has not experienced any victory. Am I making sense? Now see, let me tell you, every one of us, we have experienced one form of victory or the other. It's just that we don't pay attention to it. So you're a career person, you go for a job interview. What they are expecting from you is your past victory. What have you done? He said, tell us about yourself. People will say, my name is Akitola Samuel. I'm a man. I'm a Aphrodite like we are. He said, I, I, I went to school. The things you have already written in paper is what you are saying. That's not the question they are asking you. Maybe the place where you worked before, you were privileged to handle a project. You were involved in something. Maybe there was a short timeline. That's what you talk about. Oh, I remember in my last place of work, or maybe two years ago, I was working in this organization. You know, we had a project to deliver, and naturally, it would take two months. But I was able to work with a team that we executed it in two weeks. Say, so, oh, really? Tell me more about it. That's selling your victory. Not, you know, uh, I used to work at so 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 bank. Uh, so when I now left, what's that? As we are talking, they are even yawning already. But when you are talking about your past victory, what happens is, you see, if you have not started talking about your past victory, you will notice that people are not interested. But when you talk about the things you have achieved, the things you have done, so, oh, really? They want to hear more. So sell your past victories. Sell your past victories. Number six, sell your difference and uniqueness. Sell your difference and uniqueness. Sell your difference and uniqueness. Why should we go for you and not your competition? Why? Why you? And say, so let me tell you this. Your difference cannot be priced. Before you price yourself out of the market. And we are cheaper. That's not difference. Am I making sense? A lot of people that are on train don't understand this. They just say, oh, ah, maybe when I reduce the price, reduce the price. Until your price is lower than cost price. You now go bankrupt. So your uniqueness, so your difference. What makes you different? Haven't you noticed that sometimes people leave what is cheaper for what is expensive? Because the people selling what is expensive, they know how to 
make the difference more obvious. For instance, I may be wrong, but as far as I'm concerned, Samsung has mastered that. As far as I'm concerned, every Samsung phone is Samsung. Because it's the same interface, it's the same everything. So why will I buy one for 250000 and buy another one for $1.5 million? When something is not wrong with me? It's the same thing I'm saying on it. No, the, the interface is the same thing. The user experience is the same thing. But those guys have mastered, they will make you believe this one is folding. This one is this, this one is that. This one can see. <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone recently. I said, ah! How can people be this smart? I think, was it the one they sold two years ago? They said, you can, you can literally maybe snap the moon or stars. I said, so every day I will take my phone and be snapping moon. They said, that's times, times 100 telephoto zoom or something like that. Do I want to snap moon? I will go out and I will say, I want to snap moon. What's my business with the moon? And I'm not an astronaut. You see, but that's a selling uniqueness that the camera can zoom to any distance. And the picture will still be sharp, even though it is not that sharp. Haven't you seen that when they do the montage? Have you had the product before? When you saw the trailer and the montage, you're like, wow. Until you realize that it's the same thing in my hand. It's uniqueness. It's uniqueness. Uniqueness. Sell your uniqueness. Sell your difference. Because when people want a thing, price really does not matter. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They would rather look for money to add to the one that they already have to buy that which is more expensive. The most important thing is sell the uniqueness. Next, sell your change. How will this thing you are selling to us, how will it bring about a change to our life? See, when people want to buy something, ultimately it's because they want to change something. Why do people buy a shoe? They want to change the shoe they are wearing. Why do they buy a clothes? They want to change of clothes. They don't want to keep... You must sell that change. See, if you master the art of selling change, people will buy into anything you are selling. What did Bill Gates sell to the world? He changed the world of work. Imagine today a world of work without computers. Just imagine it. And please understand this, nothing remains the same forever. So the best thing to do is to sell something that will change the present and bring us faster into the future. That's why you see that guys that are creating so much change in our world, they are the ones making most of the money. So somebody wakes up one day who has already made a lot of money and said, you know what? Mm, I want us to have electric cars so that we stop using fuel because the world's supply and reserve of fuel is already decreasing. Imagine if all the cars in Lagos were electric cars. See all the traffic we're having over fuel. Somebody has seen that and is mass producing it. He now says, oh, it's only electric. Let it be self-driving. So it means you can entirely enter your car and sleep off. And it's not science fiction. It will still happen because it's already happening. It's already mainstream in some countries. Some of us can't even imagine that change already. Like, I will just enter and it will take me to where I'm going. Nobody knew Chad GBT could exist two, two years ago. But here we are. People like Red Eastings and Mark Rudolph, what did they do? They changed the world of entertainment through Netflix. Can you remember the days that when you want to watch a movie, you go to video club? The video club now is with you. And they say you must return it within three days. Or else you pay extra. If you misplace the cassettes, 
<laughs> you are in trouble. You will run away from that area. <laughs> but now you don't need to rent anything. Everything is with you. It's on your TV. It's on your mobile phone. They changed the world of entertainment. Someone like Eric Wan changed um, how we meet through the Zoom app. So what are you going to change? And so when we're talking about you say, ah, me, where will I develop technology? No. That thing you are selling, you see. So, for instance, I like using practical examples, especially when I notice someone's face. For instance, um, Sister Wandy sells pepper and all those things, right? You, can, you see, when you decide to start making soup for people and start selling it, you are changing the way they live, especially for busy people. Most Lagosians that are busy, when they get home, they don't have time to cook. Most times they will eat before they get home. But if someone knows that there is already home-cooked stew or home-cooked food that I can simply refrigerate when I get back home, you have changed the way they live. Instead of waking up in the middle of the night uh, and having pot belly because they have to wake up, or sorry, get back home late, cook, and by the time they finish cooking, it's already 10.30 p.m. And they want to eat hot eba. But imagine getting home, 8 p.m., you bring out soup, you microwave it, by 9, 8.30, you are finished eating, you go to sleep. Well, you're not supposed to go to sleep immediately you finish eating, right? I hope you know that. Because the food is supposed to digest before you sleep. Some of us that are doing that, God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> so what change are you selling? So we'll continue next week from number eight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the seed of your word that has been sown in our hearts this morning. We ask spirit of the living God that you help us to put these things to work. Help us to apply these things. And even as we put them to work, let our results be evident for all to see. We thank you, Father, because this month of February will make a difference in our businesses, in our careers, in our finances, in the name of Jesus. Thank you because this month will be a defining month for us. Thank you because nothing will remain the same. We give you the thanks and we give you the praise for in Jesus' name we have prayed. And everybody say very big amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, everyone. Alright, so it's our praise party Sunday. Praise God. You know, so it's the first Sunday in the month of February. So this morning we're going to be giving thanks to God. We're going to be praising God by 9.15. You know, service starts by 9.15. So let's make sure we are engaged, right? Um, in the service, don't, don't, don't be standing like in a pool. Uh, really dance when it's time to dance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Have you kept yourself this far? No, probably not. In fact, it's not even probably not. Definitely not. If you can keep yourself during the day, can you keep yourself in the night? The Bible says it that watches over Israel does not slumber or sleep. So somebody is constantly watching over you while you are snoring away in the night. I think that person deserves to be worshipped. And apart from the gift of life, I strongly believe in individual lives. There are things God has done for us. So let's be appreciative this morning, even as we, you know, get into the praise, you know, party session. Praise the Lord. All right, do we have anybody watching with us for the very first time today? Is your first time in the Gateway Church? Anybody in this life masterclass? Anybody? All right, can we celebrate our online audience this morning? Thank you very much for joining us today. God bless you. All right, let's take our closing chat together this morning. Um, want to go Acts 20 and verse 32. Can you get a smiling neighbor with a smile on your face? I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you your inheritance amongst them which are sanctified. I want you to personalize. I commend myself to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build me up and to give me my inheritance.